You know, it seemed like in the first century, every woman was named Mary. Mary, mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Mary, sister of Martha, Lazarus. Imagine that you and I live in Jesus' time, and I'm just another Mary talking to you in a, in a square in Jerusalem. I'm telling you how my family and I live in Nain, which is three miles north of the big city, Jerusalem. I have a husband and four children. And I tell you, we struggle. For years, we farmed our own land and we grew what we needed to eat and we bartered with our neighbors and the people in the town to get oil and other necessities. Life's been hard, yes, but we've made a life for ourselves and we never went to bed hungry. Then Herod started his vast building projects to impress Rome and the Emperor Caesar. He's in charge of everyone and everything, including Herod. And even though Herod is Jewish like us, he belongs to Rome. The emperor owns him. And so he'll do anything to please Caesar, including crushing us with taxes to fund his precious projects. We now hand over half of what we earn every year. A few months ago, my husband and I had to sell our farm to pay the taxes, and now we rent back a tiny corner of it from Herod's landlords, his henchmen. These days, we always go to bed hungry. My two daughters marrying age, but my husband and I have no money for dowries, so who will marry girls with nothing? My sons despise Herod, and they stay up late every night plotting against Herod, plotting against the emperor, dreaming of ways to get our land back, our land that's rightfully ours. But how? We hear in the provinces that other, other Jewish people are rising up, yet they're crushed time and again. Thousands die, men, women, children, surely, surely fighting and dying are not the way. And so we pray. We beg God to help us. We beg God to intervene. And then last week, I was washing clothes in the river with my friend Miriam, and she whispered a rumor that's been going around about a rabbi traveling the countryside. But not like the others, not those doomsday preachers always telling us disaster is coming. Disaster we already know. This teacher, Miriam, told me he's different. How different, I asked. You'll see. And so, my husband, my children, and I, we did the unthinkable. For one day, we left our fields, and we found Jesus. His name is Jesus. We went. We heard him speak. And it was so strange. This Jesus, he looks like a poor person. He looks like us, but also more. Very kind, very good, making us laugh at his stories and promising us. He promised us 
the unthinkable, that life could be different. Even for poor people like us, that life didn't have to be an endless cycle of suffering. He told us that the power of kings is not the only kind of power. He talked about justice and peace. The life of another kingdom coming here. Since that day, I have felt different, strange, the same old me, and also new. We're still poor, we're still hungry, and yet, inside, I feel something like hope. Something is coming. And now, today, We've done the unthinkable again. Again, we left our fields, and here we are in Jerusalem. My husband came here once, but for me, it's new, the big city. We followed Jesus here, and we're terrified because he's on trial. Our own temple leaders hate Jesus for claiming power that they believe is theirs, or gods, and the Roman government hate Jesus for challenging their iron grip on us. Pontius Pilate, a Roman, the prefect of all Judea, is questioning Jesus, asking him, are you the king of the Jews? Is he mocking Jesus or is he serious? Can't he see that Jesus is poor like us and powerless to stop them from doing anything they do? Why would Pilate ask, are you the king of the Jews? I think I know the reason why. I think Pilate is scared. Even though he has all the power and all the money and all the soldiers imaginable, Something about our rabbi, Jesus, terrifies him. And maybe something about all of us loving Jesus terrifies him too. That's the only way that I can explain it. Because Jesus looks like truth. Looking at him, I feel like I'm looking at truth. Truth that we can see with our own eyes and feel in our own hearts. And Pontius Pilate cannot control this truth we feel in our hearts. Jesus says to Pilate, Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. We listen to Jesus. And when we do, we belong to the truth. They can take away our land, they already did, our food, our livelihood, our statehood, but they cannot take away truth. Is Jesus our king? I say yes, but not like any ruler we've ever seen before. He doesn't cheat or exploit us or, or treat us like mindless laborers. He comes to our homes 
He listens to us. He teaches us courage and love. You know, Pilate has to know he's innocent. And yet he, he wants him out of the way, and, and the temple leaders want him out of the way, and, and so now our king, condemned for caring what happens to us, condemned for loving us. Friends, today we celebrate Christ the King, the day that we remember that Jesus is a new kind of king who enters this world focused on justice and love, and we still need this justice and love as much as ever. Women and men and children here in this country and around the world suffer today just as my imaginary Mary did in first century Palestine, exploited horribly while others stand by and let it happen. 2,000 years ago, Pilate stood face to face with Jesus, and I think he must have known that he was looking at a king. Jesus tells him, I was born and came into the world for this reason, to testify to the truth. And yet Pilate, in that moment of truth, pressured by the temple leaders, pressured by Rome, rejects a true king. Instead, he asks, and we didn't hear this read today, but the very next line in this, in this passage from John's gospel, he asks, maybe cynically, but I believe with genuine anguish, what is truth? Anne Dean, one of the leaders of the Shalem Institute, tells a beautiful story about truth. A tender-hearted young boy liked to go on mountain trails with his friend, an old monk. And one day, the boy stopped still, staring at a butterfly on a bush blazing in the sunlight. He cried out, oh, father, I see God in that bush. The monk smiled at the boy, looked all around, and said, I do not see anything that is not God. Today, we, like Pilate, have a choice to make. We can look away or we can see because Jesus is still right here among us, still loving us, still asking us to see and follow his way. A light himself, like the butterfly on the blazing bush in the, in the afternoon sun, pointing to a whole world a light, if we can only see a whole world that can be lived and organized in a completely different way. Earlier in John's Gospel, Jesus tells his friends, I am the way and the truth and the life. And he urges us to see that truth in him and, like the old monk, all 
around us, permeating everything, to listen to his voice and belong to an unstoppable wave of justice and peace and love. Amen.